0: Welcome, everyone, to Free Markets Green Earth, episode forty-two. What should milk cost? The the effort to squeeze a nutter. <laughs> that's what you think it costs. <laughs> yeah. So, in a, in an effort, I actually went and looked stuff up to talk in this episode because you know we. I'm sure we've all seen it's now made into the New York Times. So, oh boy, they're talking about uh, all the milk that's getting dumped. New York Times article also got into the produce that's being thrown out, it's in a, because uh, when you shut down all of the restaurants in the country, you throw off how much of things are needed. It's a huge demand. Yes, yes, it is, and especially with milk. Like I don't think people have any any frame of reference on specifically that industry, like how insanely regulated yeah. it is, and. And more importantly, how long it has been regulated, which I I knew had been regulated forever, but yeah. I wasn't entirely aware of like how much. And we're not talking like safety regulations. Don't go don't go thinking that no. because that would make sense. No, milk is actually regulated in the price and commodities markets in ways that are frankly bonkers and screw over everyone.
1: Everyone.
0: So when I was researching this, one of the things that I found was this paper by some Cornell students. It looks like from like probably around nineteen ninety five, mm-hmm. based on the years that they were citing in it.
1: Yeah, I think it's dated. It's it, it looks like it got printed February of ninety five. That may well be. I think.
0: But even just going till that point, it, it's pretty intense. All the stuff that was going on with milk. I mean, I, am I the only person who's seen this, or it's pretty pretty safe to say you're you're aware of what's going on, Ben?
1: With with milk, with with how much the government loves milk, yeah. It's I mean you know it's it's been and this thing like I I knew stuff was going on. I didn't realize that it went all the way back to like the the depression and, and the fallout of that. And like you know it's like oh no
0: oh no here you're not even going you're not even going far enough back.
1: Well, in terms of like government, uh, you know, New Deal crap and agencies and because
0: I'm looking at 1922 is the first like. Shit that they're starting, <laughs> so yeah. you know we're that mm. that we're going all the way back then, and you know what the, you know what they were doing right there. Basically, milk producers decided, hey, we uh, we think maybe the milk uh, distributors are trying to fuck us, and so they got together and they just actually now take it back. That was like nineteen thirteen that happened. Nineteen twenty two just said they were allowed to do it. Basically, they they got together, started colluding, formed a little cabal, and said, all right, well, now we're going we're gonna to fix prices. And the Kapper-Volstead Act of 1922 legally made it okay for them to do that. Prior to that, basically all you had were some, like, sanitation requirements for some types of milk. Right. Like, I think if you're selling it as liquid to be drank and not for production, it has to have higher sanitation requirements, which would make sense. The problem is that now they're going to have to try and start selling milk for various uses and everything that happens after this point is an attempt to fix prices in one way or another.
1: It's it's what you see always happens, right? Like there there might be an issue, government gets involved, and then they're trying to fix whatever they did um, for the next, you know, eternity.
0: Well, one of the big things that I know that we'll harp on, and, and I, I hate, I don't want to sound callous to people that, you know, have got, been in this industry perhaps for generations. In my world, I think you should be able to be in that that place for generations based on your ability to produce well. Yeah. The problem is that's not exactly how that works all the time. Like the whole idea behind what they were trying to do in the first place was fixed prices. They wanted to collude so that they could keep the prices up. So they, they didn't feel like they were getting screwed over. The problem is when you start doing things like that, you start messing with the uh, comparative advantage, which is some places are going to produce milk better. Some places are going to produce it cheaper and those that happen to use their intelligence or, by luck, manage to be in a place that produces it better and cheaper, Like they, they win, and they should win, because ultimately it makes it better for the consumer. Yeah. Now, this doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, you're like, okay, well, we can take care of dairy farmers. That's something we can do. The problem is, while we're trying to take care of dairy farmers, the ways that we choose to do that are now, we're now in a position where we're throwing shit out because our markets are not reflexive. And also, I think that our farmers don't make as much money as they should because there's too many other hands in the pot, and we just don't, frankly, know what the good should cost. Like, it's not sold in a com- as a commodity because of it.
1: Yeah, I think when it boils down, there's, there's no... There's no telling how much the market actually demands. There's no telling what what a fair price actually is. Like it, it has been so manipulated and and distorted that nobody knows. I mean that 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 one article. It, when it, it matters, when it, it's us dumping milk, we're,
0: we're screwing over animals. We're just throwing milk away as waste. Yeah, that's why it matters to me.
1: It's it's um it's a really interesting thing to think about uh, when you try to get into that. You know why at what what point does it make sense to throw away food? And what is that? Why is that? Why does it actually happen that it's cheaper to throw it away, to, to actually milk the cow and throw it away than it is to off offload it somehow, somewhere? But uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get there. I don't know. I don't want to jump the gun too early.
0: Yeah, I wanted to kind of start by kind of going through a little bit of a history on this. And I'm not going to get too deep into it because I, I, I'm not an expert. I, I read a paper that kind of basically laid out the different interferences in the milk market. Okay, Mm -hmm. so in 1933, you have the Agricultural Adjustment Act. It's the first time that like the government starts getting involved in price controls for milk. In 1935, it's amended to include something called the Federal Milk Market Orders. Now, this is central planning of how much of what different types of milk can be made and how much it costs.
1: I I thought this. I thought. I thought. I thought we lived in a capitalist society,
0: free markets, right? So, also within this. Like, inclusion in this was basically, you couldn't get into this situation for these orders for milk unless the, I think it was like 75% of the people in there wanted you to be in there and said you were allowed to be. So, just straight up cartelization, Mm -hmm. limiting the amount of people that can get into the market. Which, you know, is the classic move for when you want to make things cost more, which is what they're trying to do. The other thing that it did was it actually provided clauses for the government to buy surplus right now back then they're looking at like that would have been like one percent of the market for that to do that but when that's immediately when that's there there's always going to be creep there's always going to be people asking you've got to help us you got to help us you got to help us so 1937 you have the agricultural marketing agreement act so uh, most of these are just updating the previous ones And and you'll see that it happens a lot. Basically, every couple of years, they just update.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's how government works. You just update and uh, add in extra little things on every time it uh, gets reevaluated. You know, not if it ever goes away. That actually is
0: pretty interesting. There, Bryce Jackson. He he. We have a here in the watch party. He said Calvin Coolidge was a Vermont dairy farm boy. So that's pretty interesting. Sure, we'll have to look. Have to look into that. Nineteen forty-one. The government starts purchasing butter on the open market as a way to, you know, help drive demand. And they also have the Steagall Amendment to incentivize production. (laughs) Nineteen...
1: Incentivize production.
0: (laughs) Why do we want to incentivize production? Like, prices should rise to do that unless, oh wait, you fuck them up royally. So, 1949, the Commodity Credit Corporation purchases dairy to this day, according to the article, and this was written in 95, okay? 1951, the Trade Agreement Extensions Act, which limits foreign dairy in markets in an effort because their dairy is cheaper. So we'd have to pay, the prices would fall. Farmers wouldn't be able to make as much here at home. All right, 1973 is the next big one, which we have the Agriculture and Consumer Protection Act.
1: Oh, he's got to protect the consumer, man. You know,
0: by... Blocking out cheaper alternatives. Always. Okay. 1977, the Food and Agriculture Act... 1983 dairy production stabilization act <laughs> I, I can't help but laugh at that, just the idea of stabilization because just for record all of these are attempts to stabilize prices because sometimes you, you, you we, i guess as americans we're used to going out and finding what we want whenever we mm-hmm. want it at all times and the only way to do that is to you know make sure it's always overproduced basically because we don't want prices yeah. to rise either because you know it's difficult for people to to deal with 1985, the Food Security Act comes into play, which ugh, brings the Dairy Termination Program and the Dairy Export Incentive Program.
1: Lots of incentivizing here, huh? Yeah, you got it. When, when, you, when you remove incentive by flatlining price, I guess you have to create incentive. I don't know. I don't know. Why, why do they need to do it? 1990 is the last one that, I'd, that was written about in this article, and it's the
0: Food, Agriculture, Conservation, and Trade Act. Uh. (laughs) so the word that i heard in there an awful lot was incentivize apparently sometimes farming isn't very lucrative and while and while i feel bad for farmers that that may be the case maybe the land's messed up maybe you know the market's just out maybe it's a seasonal market and they've got to find a way to do something seasonally utilize that land in other ways i don't know but the point is that just the government paying someone to do something when the times are low just yeah. fucks over us. Or if it's a matter of it, 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 it's a seasonal market and sometimes the price has to go up, maybe they can find a way to stabilize the price themselves by selling more, like buying fruit out of season.
1: When, when you flatline a price like, like that, right? When you, when you support a price, when you you know create these incentives by uh, purchasing milk from from farmers and, and whatever, you know, you create an incentive to get into that market, right? If I'm thinking like I'm I'm in school, like maybe, you know, I want to go into uh, you know, farming industry and, and dairy cows are there and guess what? The government's handing out money to go get in that field. Like I'm going to go do that. You know, like, you know, there's some, there's, there's a line that you can't go bankrupt, right? Like you, you will get support and that incentivizes a, a flood of people, you know, whereas if they weren't there incentivizing it, you might not have as many dairy farmers there's many fruit farmers or whatever it is and so yeah you might be able to make a better living if that was actually what you wanted to do and you and you were good at it you know um,
0: well the thing that really frustrates me is that so from 1922 you know to 1990 and i'm sure it's been updated in a bunch of acts since then because god especially with trump he loves his agriculture agricultural uh, bailout systems
1: this this uh this one article said that um, that the CCC there, um, whatever the it stood for, yeah, that didn't get much love on it after the '80s until uh, till Trump came and and used it to um, in, in his trade war with China, right? Um, he started using it to to give subsidies and stuff to the the farming industry. So it it was there and it lied in, in wait until uh, somebody decided we needed to use it again. And uh, he did.
0: So the thing that frustrates me is so that we're sitting over here and that first date, 1922. Each one of these acts alters or updates some form of price control that had been there in the past. So from 1922 till today in 2020, we have not had a market rate for milk. A hundred years and we have no idea... What milk would actually sell for without people deciding that price?
1: And and, and you know you say milk, um, but you know you got to keep in mind like like that's all encompassing. Like when you actually stop and think, what is what is milk? Right, I, right. I should be and, saying dairy. And, and you are, but like you know when you think about that, like what that affects and and the reaches of that, it, it's amazing. You know, like think about any any product you buy that comes you know in a can or pre-mixed or, or whatever pre-made food check the ingredients there's there's some sort of lactose in there and no doubt comes from you know, the, the dairy industry um, it's it's all over it's so far-reaching that
0: well in the byproducts there's so many different things you can do with it yeah so you say you have a surplus well then you you powder it and you sell it to people that make yeah. protein powders there's a lot of different things that you can, that you can use dairy for especially now like you get into the supplement market like I feel like almost every supplement is has some form of like powdered whey mm-hmm. in it from you know w- one of the processes that you know we go through there's things that can be done with it. So you're, we're, we're stuck here. We we're, we we're all we're all yeah. holding the bag on this. You, me, everybody. We're sending money to farmers for. What, how, there may be people that don't even drink dairy. Some people think it's crazy. Yeah. Why do we drink cow's milk? Like I, that. That just seems ridiculous to get in the vegan tip.
1: Yeah, no. I, you think about all the people that uh, are stuck on their nut milks that are having to pay for this, right? They they pay for this. They pay for my dollar ninety nine a gallon milk at the grocery store. Um,
0: yeah, and. They don't have a choice in that. doesn't matter if they use it. And once again, we're, we're left where we don't know what that's worth.
1: And <sighs> I think that's the hardest part, right? Like when you actually stop and, and, and look at all this legislation that's gone on, at the end of the day, you have no clue. There is, you have no idea what a gallon of milk is actually costs. You know, what, what does it cost that cow to eat that grass and for the farmer to milk that cow and the chemicals to clean the udders and, and run the machines? All this, You have no idea because it's just so distorted you know um
0: well and and it's not like it 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 only affects itself Mm -hmm. that's the thing that people don't understand prices and and this is you know like we'll we'll get austrian here for a second prices are so important and and it's the it's the the price calculation problem is why central planning cannot work it always fails it always ends badly there's this giant web of people making decisions every every moment of every day to figure out what things should cost and in their head, they're, they're, they 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 don't think about it, but they're doing calculations, thinking, "Well, I could buy this, or I could buy that," uh, for everything that they may purchase. And those things slide daily, hourly. Could be, you know, they saw a commercial that makes something a little bit more valuable in their head. Yeah. you know, they could be close to starving, and it makes things, certain things, more valuable to them. You know, you want that VCR until you ain't got money for, <laughs> uh, you know, food, and then that food becomes way more valuable. You can't find food. Let me tell you. Like I said, right now in in this market, yeah. like those first couple of weeks, looking for yeah. Clorox wipes, I'd have paid fucking crazy money for Clorox wipes because yeah. I couldn't find them. Yeah, and and <laughs> which is the marginal utility the marginal utility effect on prices. The problem is so when we look at something with a subsidized price that now affects everything else that may have been weighed against yeah. that in the market. You know, what else could people be having aside from milk if milk was more expensive? What what would they have, you know, if, if the prices weren't kept low artificially? What would happen if they weren't taking, buying, if the government wasn't buying excess yeah. milk to use, and, and then having to create government programs specifically to use that milk, like, say, the government cheese <laughs> and powdered milk programs back in the 80s? Which, everyone, Velveeta cheese that you love so much is government
1: cheese. You know, yeah. Yeah, it it has its place. It does have its place on 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 a grilled cheese or or in, you know some noodles. But uh, after that,
0: uh, no, dude, you, the nachos, nachos. Yeah. You take you make the you make the taco meat and then melt the Velveeta, throw in some salsa. You remember the old commercials? It works. There's no argument. Like that's one thing you can do good on that nacho cheese is not supposed to be good cheese. It's supposed to be crappy cheese. <laughs> to, to
1: be honest, I don't think I've ever had Velveeta. I think maybe once or twice in my life, but it's always been like if I have that. Sort of cheese. It's always like the the American cheese slices, like the pre wrapped. You know, uh.
0: fuck that. I was poor as <laughs>
1: shit in the eighties,
0: man. I, I we had straight up government cheese and powdered
1: milk. That, that, I know. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think it's. This, I mean, come on, it's it's American cheese. I mean, like look at that that branding. It's patriotic to each other food, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> sweep the ends of the cheese off into the, the melting pot and make some nasty yeah. thing.
0: But that was a program designed, like, the government's sitting on warehouses, like, what the hell do we do yes. with this? We're like, hey, let's let's send poor people a let, bunch let, of cheese. And, and that's
1: that, that's what happens when you have, like... So, what, what happened? Like, it was Carter, Jimmy Carter, like, what, what they say, he put in, like, $2 billion into the, the dairy industry, right? So, like, <clears throat> there's all this money in there. Like I was saying, right? Somebody wants to to... Be a dairy farmer because all their dairy farmer friends are loaded, right? Because they're making good money off this stuff. Because the government's buying their their excess product. You know, if you actually put that on the market where there was no, you know, endless subsidization to be had, you wouldn't have that, you know. And so
0: I got into a discussion with a friend the other day specifically about this, and you know, and she was saying that she was a fourth her, her fourth generation dairy farmer. You know, her her grandparents and, you know, four generations mm-hmm. back, they'd done it. And, you know, now they couldn't do it anymore because of, you know, the right. system, I guess. You can't make a living doing it anymore.
1: There's, and there's there's multiple things there, I think. But I'm curious what... what, what uh...
0: But my, my point was, is that, you know, and I, and I said to her, I'm like, I would like to know that the reason you did that for four generations is because mm-hmm. you're good at it. Uh. The fact of the matter is, is I, if, if you're not good at it, what the hell is the good to it? If you're going to be cranking out an overpriced product that people don't want or aren't willing to pay for, what is the good of you doing that and the, and and the fact is we can't know that we can, you don't have that information because we've screwed with the industry so much that we just can't know
1: yeah no, you, you can't and and you won't and it's it's tough man it's tough you know it's tough to see people that have have had a something in their life for for that long right generations um but at the same time it, it is what it is and and what what is what are we using that that land for if we're
0: not using it for dairy farms? What can we well, be growing? And that's growing the
1: thing. And I've seen I know people that have left the dairy industry to grow other types of of things. Right? They they instead of having dairy cows, they've turned to beef cows. Instead of doing cows at all, they've turned to goats.
0: And what happens when we have fewer
1: dairy farmers well, out there? Exa- Prices right? rise. And, and that's like the whole point of it. When you flood the market with all these people, everybody's making it. Prices are going to go down. You you limit the number of of people. I mean, look at look at the medical field, right? You limit the number of doctors and yeah, they can demand a higher price. You you that's what happens.
0: But one of the things that I think like that I, we I, I do this show is because I want people thinking about nature from an economic standpoint. We 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 need to think of the fact that, you know, in, in Thomas Sowell, economics is the study of competing uses for resources. And All the resources that we use to create food or that we love to have as far as nature, you know, those things can all be used in multiple ways. And we need to understand why we choose to use them in other ways. If for no other reason, than to help incentivize people to change and utilize them in what we would see as being better ways. Prices help do that. They help accommodate that.
1: Well, exactly right. Like, I'm not going to go buy 100 acres and and put up a bunch of cows if, like, I know that that's going to be hard living and I could do it better a different way. Or maybe I'm not going to buy that hundred acres and somebody else that's, uh, you know, can afford the taxes on it and let it sit. We'll do that. I mean, who knows, you know, and and that's the point of it all. I think you don't know trying to control it and, and plan for all of it doesn't work. And, And we've seen that countless, countless times. Now, what, what we're dealing with right now is slightly different.
0: It is. And it's not in that the, the, the reason that we're dealing with, uh, milk being tossed out. It's because the government shut everything down. Like it said entire industries of food production are no longer mm-hmm. allowed to function. And I'm sure there's rules that all those people can't sell back to their, you know, the their distributors. They can't sell to people like other companies that are going yeah. to utilize that stuff. It's certainly not a market easily, you know, able to do that and facilitate it. So I'm sure we got stuff sitting in restaurants rotting on the shelves. And and that's and I,
1: I think and because I don't know the the logistics of like the laws and what it looks like to actually be in there, I know I, I saw one article. There's I think it was from out in L.A. where you know a restaurant could make you a hamburger, but they can't actually sell you the groceries to make the hamburger. Right? They can't sell you those individual pieces to to take home and make the hamburger. Well, that was one of the things I was
0: seeing in particular, Mm -hmm. like, in New York. Basically, like, high-end restaurants get all of the best produce in New York, all right? Now, all of that high-end produce, like, it's just sitting in distributors waiting to be sold, and it can't be sold because the restaurants aren't there to purchase. So, what is keeping, you know general consumers from being having access to
1: all of that. I, and I think that's one of the big things, right? Is what, what is keeping us from getting at that? Right. And they can give some of it to, to food banks and, and that sort of thing. But even then, like you think about how, how many articles have you seen where, you know, some people giving soup to the homeless in the park got their soup dumped out got bleach dumped in their soup because, you know, you can't do this. You don't have a permit for this. Like if, if you didn't have those sort of regulations in the way, how much of this food could, you know, could the farmer just like put out and say, Hey, come pick it up. Cause it's, it's going to rot in the field, you know, like whatever it is. And I, yeah. I don't know. And maybe, maybe with the quarantine, what it is, you, you know, the, the tape to put on the floor and mark your six feet is, is too expensive. I don't know, but it, it did. It's, it just, it's mind blowing to see the amount of food just being like tilled back into the soil.
0: But then again, all that food being tilled back in the soil is going to at least add something useful to the soil.
1: I, I, I thought about that, right? Cause some of these articles, uh, you know, one of them had like a uh, farmers tilling their, their beans back in and they're going to replant and hope that when those beans are ripe, that uh, everything's back on track, right? Like all the the foods there. And while on one hand they're tilling it back in and, and, Putting all those nutrients back in, you know, like we talked about last week, how do they get those things to grow? Right? They they fill the the ground and the soil with all their you know fertilizers and pesticides. So now we're just you know double dosing it back up. And I guess there's some benefit because you're tilling it back in. But at the same time, I don't know. It uh, it's a very curious thing. It's, it's it's a interesting concept to look at. But I think again, it goes back to this idea that these farmers are subsidized, right? Like they're dumping out you know 5% of of the milk that's produced because there's overproduction well there's already overproduction to begin with right and why is that overproduction happening because the government's paid these farmers to do this stuff if you didn't have that you would have had a, a smaller supply to begin with and and maybe it would have been you know, you would have been able to to deal with it better, you know, and who knows what those regulations look like that like, you know, you're not allowed to sell milk in such and such container to such and such people at such and such time of day or whatever, you know?
0: Well, one of the other things that it looks like they do in there is they highly regulate what the milk you produce is. And it's like a buying scheme where (laughs) basically all milk is paid for the same, despite what kind of milk it is or how the milk is. It, It was very confusing to me, but it's like, you know, you, shouldn't you be able to set your price based on the growing conditions, like and set have a market based on what you grow versus what someone else grows? Yeah, you, you should, right? But when you have a, I feed my horse my cows only berries. I don't know, man. It, it, to me, it seems like a or I feed my cows Crunch
1: Berries. Happy cow. But it's it, like it's almost <laughs> diabetes cow. It's almost like a like a union or like a, a monopoly, right? It's a it's one of those government uh, induced monopolies that like there is a certain price set for, for your milk. And there's a certain, and and to be fair, I I doubt you could get much more for it sometimes, like just because of how many farmers there are, but it also, that that's, you know, it disincentivizes people.
0: Well, and that's exactly it. They need, they need to stop doing that. They need, they need to find another job. Like we need to allow that to happen.
1: Well, and that's it, right? Like you, you let that, failure happen you have to and, and it sucks
0: there are, there are natural ways to
1: raise and lower prices
0: we just choose government interference we do. every time because
1: do, i don't know i think people seem to think that i don't know when, when government does it at least we were trying to help right like it, you know when when you just let sort of nature take its course it's like oh you know you're just throwing them to the wolves how could you be so mean to let these poor people uh starve and, and not have a job and well you know it's, it's not my job to give you a job if if that so happens that uh you know your, your milk doesn't work out maybe there's maybe you try organic milk maybe you whatever it is you know like yeah i know there's a pretty
0: good market for uh non-pasteurized milk
1: <laughs> it's pretty robust yeah, I, yeah exactly right i think you, you got to be willing to go to jail for depends that depends on though, right? your state depends on uh i think i think as long as you have like an animal <laughs> like in your car and you can say you're using as pet milk i think you're okay Most places could be wrong, but it's 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 wild when you
0: Ben. You say that like someone who who knows this market pretty pretty well. No, why don't we
1: have Wisegarber on tonight for this? Yeah, we should have. We should have go call him up right now. See what he's doing.
0: (laughs) I thought about messaging him before we got together. He could could have. I'm sure would have been down. Maybe we'll do a part two sometime Uh, next week. We're gonna have a fun one, a fun episode. I'm pretty pretty pumped on.
1: Guests, guests always break up the monotony. Yeah, zero waste. So, and that's part of it too. I was thinking about this whole milk thing. How much it comes down to, like, when you think about the packaging and, and everything else and what you, I don't know what the regulations are on packaging, but I I imagine, like, there's, I don't know. It's just, the the whole situation is, is, is a mess and and there's, we're looking at the acts. We're looking at... Um, ben, it's been a hundred years of, of
0: cartelization. Yes, it is. It is and a I mess, it, right? Like 100%. Who, what
1: what underlying things are there there that you're just not privy to, you know, whether it's the costs or how you're supposed to do this or, you know, the the actual ins and outs of the the dairy industry. It's uh I don't
0: know. So I know that there has, this hasn't been the most information heavy episode. It's more of a frustration episode. Me and Ben are trying to work through like what is just absolutely insane in our minds. But to me, those are some of the most fun episodes. <laughs> like just us being frustrated
1: at the audacity of what is actually going on. But like, I, you know, I, you think about just like, think about the fact that they are dumping milk, right? That like they're, th- they're throwing vegetables away. You want to tell me that there isn't some organization or somebody out there that would say that they would be willing to take that for a price, come to the farm, pick it up for a price and, and you would recoup some of those losses.
0: We can't sell it for dog food.
1: Well, And so the one, one place was right They're They're have too many chickens. And so they're selling their chicken eggs as dog food. and, And there's some of that there, but I guarantee if like, there's got to be, you know, like, um, Greg, Greg Glyer and like a uh, donor C or some like go fund me type thing, or, you know, there could be an organization that does that, but I guarantee you that farmer would not be allowed to do that. I can almost guarantee you that, that if some third,
0: you know why he can't do it because they, they're what they're allowed to sell the milk for is set. And what he could sell for in that market would be different.
1: Exactly, like, and And that's it. Like, and these are the things that like you see, but
0: like we don't see. And like, I guarantee millions of Americans would be out drinking that milk if you didn't go to every damn store and see limit two per oh my customer. God, dude. Watching those milk prices fall, everyone get be really into into it yeah. for a couple months, you know? You remember back when the COVID happened, we were all just going crazy on milk. Let the you know let, let the other stuff sit there.
1: Everybody, everybody drinking white Russians. Yeah. A sale on milk and vodka. I like
0: your idea. I like where I like where you're going with this. I, I think this is a good plan.
1: Yeah, we should, should, uh, it just, it's... I'm going to go make a white (laughs) Russian right now. It's, uh, I I don't know, man. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. And, And when you think, and like, this was, I think, one of the things that was in the back of my head, on my, on my mind, on my conscience, when like all of this shutdown crap started happening. Right? Like I wasn't, I'm not worried about getting the coup. Like that's not one of my concerns. I am concerned about the economy. I am concerned about like, you know, all of this. You,
0: you sent me an article just today about Smithfield, it, Smith, yeah, uh, yeah. Smithfield whatever they're shutting down one of their pork production plants and they expect shortages of pork products in the summer.
1: Yep. And, uh, you know, it was a, it, was a, it wasn't a great year for, for corn. Um, there was some floods and, and stuff like that. And so it wasn't a great year for corn. So that's already, you know, there. And then, then this and, and it's all part of it, and and the government's gonna try to fix that and make things worse, no doubt. And you know what? So if the price of pork goes up, okay, guess guess what? The price of beef is should go down. I mean, like you know, it's but but when you you know,
0: well, the price is gonna try and compete, and to do that, you're gonna watch but, things but happen. But
1: so I went to the grocery store the other day, and I was still limited to two cuts of ground meat or two two cuts of red meat. I think it was basically like I could get all the pork and all the chicken I wanted, but if I wanted beef, I could only get two cuts. And, and like, and I, you know, I still have the picture of the, a milk fridge full of milk and a sign that says limit two two per customer. Really? Like, is that, you know, and and the cost of my milk is still the same that it was, you know, at the beginning of this whole thing, it actually went up. A dime or two.
0: Once again, people pretending that prices don't mean anything. We the prices don't really mean anything right now because we've not allowed yeah. them to mean anything.
1: And we continue to not allow them to mean anything when we flood the market with monopoly money on Backs of our children, so it's all it's all all messed up. Buy buy your groceries with gold and crypto,
0: folks. Go go plant a garden in the backyard. You're gonna need it, and learn what shit actually costs. Learn what goes into making. I don't
1: even know if you can. Can you? Can we even know like what it costs? I mean, from the grain, the grain that you feed the cow is paid for, subsidized. You know, it's it's like all of it. it. Every single thing is.
0: Well, with our garden, I told Liz. Because all of the seed places were sold out when she went looking for seeds. I'll some. What do you need? <laughs> <laughs> Talk to Liz. She'll, she, she's the one who, oh, no. this is her pet project. No, so what we she had a couple packets of something just sitting in a closet somewhere that she found. And other than that, I'm like, Liz, find out what you can do to grow stuff out of the groceries yeah. we already have. Start planting shit, you know, taking seeds. Let's see what we can make grow. Like, that's that's the thing that's going to get us where we need to get quicker than waiting for other yeah. people to, you know collect stock and stuff that they're out of because she was going through seed catalogs and I'm like Liz most of those are on back orders like, well, not all of them like by the t- and they they probably are and they're just not telling you because they still want to make yeah. the sale because they don't yeah. know how this is all going to work out for them like I've talked to people in that in those positions they're just saying oh it's two weeks yeah. they don't know and it probably ain't coming they just need to get cash in the door now to handle and weather what's going on and the quicker safest thing for us is to just get what we know we can make grow right now right here Grab the onions, stick them in the ground, you know, <laughs> whatever there's, we there's can do. There's a lot of
1: stuff you can do like that. Um, yeah,
0: I think she was where she was working on cabbage, I think celery,
1: onions. I guess you guys are cold enough to grow that stuff right now.
0: Huh? Um, well, Right now she's got a <laughs> whole room full of uh, kale. You ain't getting nothing in the ground, are you? Still frozen. Yeah. You got snow <laughs> the <laughs> hey, other well, day. Mm. It, well, it, coincidentally, it snowed the other day when it was 72. <laughs> so <laughs> that was weird. I'm at work. I'm at work. And all of a sudden it's snowing and I step out of my vehicle and it was a little balmy. <laughs> like, what, oh, what in the world? Only in Ohio Some though. Some things I don't miss. So a couple things coming up. Uh, I am in talks with that Patrick Bellamy gentleman that we talked about, uh, a green anarchist. And I believe his big thing he wants to talk about is permaculture, mm. if I remember correctly. So I'm excited to talk to him. And we have a, a guest slated for next Monday. Erica Denise Payne, who's going to talk about zero waste, so that uh, that should be a lot of fun. I want to I, I want to bring in more guests. I want to talk about more topics. I want to I want to try and be a little bit more in- information heavy. Oof. You know, not just us Oof. bantering like dickheads. Yeah. Look, no, that's why we're bringing in people. <laughs> we're not going to be providing any information. Yeah.
1: That's why we got to bring
0: in other people so they yeah. can be smarter than us, and then we can just be I'm assholes. I'm okay with
1: that. I am okay with that. <laughs>
0: Um, but, uh, anything else we got for
1: today, this episode 42, uh, if you go to the grocery store and they got a cap on your, your milk or your, your beef, uh, buy, buy more than the cap and make them tell you to put it back. And then when they tell you to put it back, tell them what they're cocking up. I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing.
0: <laughs> All right, folks. Well, hope you like today's episode. As always, we're here on Mondays at 10 ish on the facebook go to freemarketscreener.com you can send us an email if you want to hear about something in particular uh if you like what we're doing by all means go on to apple Podcasts and be like these guys are amazing i learned so much about nature and shit <laughs> i think i might go on there and just comment that on our podcast specifically
1: i i need to it's such a pain in the butt to like figure out so like once every six months i'll go and i'll just like review a bunch of podcasts that i've like heard about and like yeah five stars hooray so it's it's about i think ours just due
0: <laughs> i uh i had i had to install itunes on my computer just to do it because it's the easiest way
1: i didn't know there was another way to do it and it still kicks my butt
0: and uh, there may not be it's I, I i doing anything in the app on the phone yeah. sucks That's so why i don't i don't listen to podcasts in there anymore i just I, I like my overcast Gotcha. so all right folks well y'all go out you have yourself a good day and enjoy the enjoy the nature while it's here before they say we're not allowed to anymore. Yeah, they're saying you're not allowed to in some places. So. Yeah, well, the, is the ocean really nature, Ben? You and you were you were definitely hurting all those fishes by being there. You're gonna give them give them all the to coo- Go spit in that water. All right, folks, take it easy.
1: <laughs> Later. <laughs>
0: is a proud creation of the Mad Audio Lab. For more information, check out madaudiolab.com. Free Market's Green Earth is part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out Homesteads and Homeschools, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and This Week in Liberpods. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed-up republican.